We are live, Peacock and Williamson, our Twitter Tuesday, Tuesday live off-season Q&A right now. We'll get into some of the latest around the New Orleans Saints, Jarvis Landry. What about a Drew Brees comeback? Uh, (laughs) Jair Alexander getting paid at cornerback with the Green Bay Packers. All that and more, and we'll get into the chat on this Tuesday coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you as usual, doing it up live. I've seen everybody starting to jump in here to the live stream. Welcome. And uh, thank you for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Make sure I tweet out the link so everyone sees that we are officially live here. Uh, we got to talk about the, the latest news first, Matt. And you know it. To a certain degree, Matt, I think it was harder to be a GM and maybe harder to be an agent in in the past. I think this day and age, it's almost like a paint by numbers, knowing that if you're in a if you're in the echelon of I'm one of the better blank position in the league, when I'm due, I get to I get paid the most. And the next guy gets paid a little bit more than me. And we've already seen that this offseason at cornerback with Denzel, especially if you're a first round pick. Denzel mm-hmm. Ward getting paid, and then now Jair Alexander. Uh, getting quite a bit of cash, and I have the the totals here for his four-year, $84 million extension, which makes it a five-year, $98 million contract because he's still got the, the final year of his rookie deal in 2022. $30 million guaranteed at signing, $45 million through 2023. Uh, so that means we've got uh, – and they're actually dropping his cap hit in 2022, down about a million dollars, but then he's got a $20 million hit in 2023, the first year when that extension really kicks in, then $22 million, $23.5 million, and $25.5 million in 2026. Congratulations, Jair, on getting the bag, as they say. Yeah, I think you are right about that. I hadn't thought about it from that angle that, hey, Ward got this, so we want a smidge more, you know, X plus one. You know, just give me just a little bit more. And my initial take on that is the people in the know with NFL finances – Agents and especially owners and capologists and the finance folks know that this league is thriving. I mean, it's just absolutely thriving. Look at like what Amazon Prime had to pay for the Thursday night games. And it just implies to me that the cap's just going to keep going up and up and up, that these teams are not hesitating to keep their top guys at premium positions in particular. But, you know, and, and Alexander's worth it to me. From a Packers perspective, This defense is loaded. I mean, I don't know that people realize how good Rashawn Gary is and Clark at defensive tackle and drafted two guys in the first round from that Georgia defense and Savage. Some of these guys aren't household names, but it's hard to find weaknesses on the defense. They're pretty young. From what I've understood, they're pretty much locked up for the foreseeable future. So, you know, life after Aaron Rodgers, whether that's Jordan Love or somebody else, if that happens next year, two years, three years from now, at least you have probably, you know, right now you have a running game and you have a defense. And oh, by the way, the MVP quarterback for right now. So I like what the Packers are doing. I mean, there's a big picture thought process here, too. It's not just all in, chips in, get Rodgers, Julio Jones, and DK Metcalf and go crazy, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny because when, when you draft a first round player, 
you hope he's good enough that you get to pay him the most that yeah, ever yeah, been yeah. made in the history of the position kind of yep. thing. And, and we just see it happen so much that I'm numb to the idea that you made the most ever because I already know that's going to last a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> right, and, right. But then you, you see some teams. So you someone like the Tennessee Titans, which I didn't give a very good grade on them moving off of A.J. Brown and drafting his replacement with that pick mm-hmm. in Traylon Burks because you hope Traylon Burks is good enough to where you're going to pay him what you were going to have to pay A.J. Brown anyway. Right, you're hoping he turns uh, you know, into AJ. You might get a couple of years of discount in that case, or it might take a year, then you get two years of discount before he starts to hit that um, where he's not a bargain anymore. But um, you know, just um, just interesting the way that that teams are run these days in the finances of the league, and there's so much money being made that you can pay a lot more guys a lot more money. But I think what it hurts, it ends up hurting the middle class mm-hmm. because Jarvis Landry, who's a really good player. He got $3 million from the New Orleans Saints, you know? And, and so I'm sure someone like Julio Jones sitting at home thinking, I'm waiting for that $15 million offer to come in. And he sees Jarvis Landry signed for $3 million with some incentives. You know, I think it's another $3 million in incentives for Jarvis Landry going back to, uh, you know, his roots there. Former LSU player now signing with the Saints along with Tyron Matthew this offseason. But Julio Jones is probably like, man, $3 million? I don't even know if I want to put my body through that again for $3 million, which seems insane from our perspective to well, say. Well, right, but, you know, an NFL player that's made $100 million might not think that way. Yeah, I, I get, I'm glad we went down that road because I think Ingram signing with the Dolphins also qualifies, I think, over this next month, six weeks or whatever, now till camp, you're going to see a lot of established NFL players, borderline stars, former stars, guys that are turning the, uh, you know, they're on the the 12th hole out of 18, but they still have quality football left. They can start games because you can get them at such a discount. You know, I mean, the guys like Julio that are total superstars, maybe they want incentivating deals too, or, you know, maybe I will sit this one out or wait for the wait to, I'm not going to go through camp for 3 million bucks or, you know, whatever. I'm just going to show up on game day and I'm not going to practice Wednesday and I'm not implying Julio's lazy or anything. It's just, you know, he's been there, done it. Um, But man, the Alexander signings are a different world from the signings of like Landry and Ingram. And it's really going to be a buyer's market. People think, you know, these rosters are set after the draft and the the majority of it is, but there's going to be a rash of one year deals of guys that are going to help your team. Lucas says great Crosby Jersey. I didn't even see that. It's a good eye. I'm I'm trying to lean over here. Right. Over my shoulder. I like that background there. And uh, are you excited? Or no, wait, the, the pens. Sorry about the pens. Oh, it was game seven in OT. Uh, that's right. And the, the pens had a lot of injuries this year, right, man? Well, they lost their goalie, for, didn't they? I mean, how do you go through? How do you even get that far without your goalie? They had basically a minor league goalie for the majority of this series. Real quick, pens note it's a little mind boggling to me because really they have the longest streak in professional sports right now of consecutive playoff appearances. But they lose the first round every year anymore. It's nuts. It makes me crazy. So such is life. Thank you for the the Crosby stuff. Boohoo. Nobody Boo-hoo. cares about Nobody cares. with Crosby all these years, how good the, the Steelers always are. Um, you know, I guess the Pirates are the ones. Oh, they make up for it. Everyone's they, there going. <laughs> a lot of losses, <laughs> all the wins and the Steelers and uh, the, the Penguins are always in it. I will say, boy, Pens and Sealer fans are unbelievably spoiled. I mean, I became a Penguin fan like in 1985-ish when Lemieux was drafted. And since then, they've more or less had like the best player in hockey the whole time. You know, like from it's like 
Favre the Rodgers like you know, type of deal. It's it's crazy, and everyone just expects that. You know, that is pretty crazy to go from. It's like what, DiMaggio to Mantle. You know, what I mean, like yeah, these, yeah, right. Uh, what year was that? When Lemieux got drafted in like '84 when okay. I was like 11, and wow. Gretzky was the guy, but then Lemieux took over, and then Sid. There was a couple down years. Well, then Yager was a great MVP type player. Yeah, and they didn't have any money, so they had to trade him for peanuts. Got first overall pick because they were a terrible organization. Lemieux bought the team because they owed him so much money, they basically gave him the team and <laughs> locked into Sid with the first pick overall, which is kind of a LeBron-like situation. Oh, come for the football analysis. There you go. Right, Stay enough, enough. The analysis. <laughs> right. Love it. Love I always that. tell my buddies, I can. T- I never get nervous or you know off my kilter when I'm talking football on any outlet. We start talking hockey and anything else. <laughs> You're, you're talking to the wrong guy. That's, that's just my insight, though. So there you go. All right, we'll move on to some more Let's football yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, I see some questions here in the chat about the Miami Dolphins in 2022. Mm. Get those questions in. Let us know what you're thinking here on this Tuesday. How you feel about your team's offseason? How do you feel about our draft grades? Tune in tomorrow, Wednesday. We will hit the finale of our NFL draft grades, the AFC West, the final division that we have not covered yet post draft and then we will be fully into the offseason offseason mode here on Peacock and Williamson and the, throughout the NFL but first I want to let the folks out there know about Built Bar imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting you know that flavor you know what that tastes like but you wouldn't dare do it you wouldn't dare wreck your diet Matt holding up the Oh there it Bilt is he's got, <laughs> he's got a box of those just showed birthday up cake puff the newest flavor from Built Bar, you've never had anything like this before, and you for sure haven't any haven't had anything like this for only 150 calories with 16 grams of protein. That's why you do Built Bars because it tastes good. It's it's a treat you want to grab for. Grab for that protein bar rather than that candy bar, and you cut those calories in half and cut the the sugar by about a tenth. Uh, that's what Built Bar is doing for you. It's a protein bar that makes you feel good about eating it, and you still feel like you are getting a treat. The brand-new birthday cake puff flavor. Uh, there's tons of flavors, new flavors going up all the time at Built.com. If you haven't had the puffs, they are a protein-infused marshmallow. Uh, all the classic flavors are fantastic as well. Not sure what flavor you want? You can get a mixed box of Built Bars as well at Built.com. And not the birthday cake puff. That's covered in a frosting. But the... Most of the Bill Bars are covered in actually 100% real chocolate. And it is good, delicious chocolate, too, which is why you feel like you are actually getting a treat with Bill Bars. So get 15% off using our promo code at built.com. That is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on YouTube. We are on the Locked On NFL channel. Tons of other great content here on Locked On NFL. You've got guys like Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, all the great hosts on Locked On NFL, plus the Peacock and Williamson show now on the Locked On NFL channel. So hit that subscribe button. We have you covered for all 32 teams in the NFL and there's no off-season for real fans. There's no off-season here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Good point by Jill here. The Titans did sign a wide receiver. It was Traylon Burks. They had to ink him eventually. Four-year, 14.369590. Fully guaranteed contract with a fifth-year team option as that first-round player. So 
Uh, he's not going to be as cheap as A.J. Brown was last couple of years because he was a first rounder, whereas Brown was a second rounder. But you know what? This is my least favorite time of year post-draft when the lull happens after the draft and all the only reports we seem to get for a month are blank draft pick signed. It's like, well, of course <laughs> right, they signed. Right. You slotted. We already know that. So when I start seeing the headlines of draft pick signing, uh, I know it's time to get a little bit deeper into last year's film, start prepping for the new year, and start hitting some new angles because that is my least favorite storyline in the NFL is draft pick signing. Because it's all going to happen. We know that the, the ine- inevitability of it is obvious. I mean, they're all going to – the guy that was picked after Burks will get a little less. The guy who was picked in front of Burks will get a little more. And they're all going to sign in the days of Jamarcus Russell and Sam Bradford and coming in and making – you know, being the highest-paid pay- player on their team as a rookie. I mean, those days are gone. I, I think it's great, to be honest with you. And – uh, there is one little problem I have is uh, kind of like you said with AJ Brown, the second rounders get a little bit of the short end of the stick. You know, I mean, should, it, it, there's a little bit more of a jump than you, you really want. And if you really want to manage the cap, you know, I know the fifth year option isn't you know available that way, but the fifth year option is not as lucrative to teams as people think. Um, in all instances, there's some no brainers, of course, but accumulating day two picks, you can really build a, a, a young nucleus without having any sort of cap ramifications at all. We ever take. We've got a great question here about. It is a good point about the second rounders, too, but they do get to hit free agency a little bit early. True, so true. someone like A.J. Brown running got back. Paid got paid bigger, got paid earlier than Hollywood Brown, who was a first rounder in the same draft. Although you mm-hmm. do have that your option, which is a bigger number, but you know, um, a little, an extra year where you maybe have, uh, you have, you can prove it. Maybe Hollywood Brown ends up making more than AJ Brown when he does come up an extra year later, but that extra year that maybe you could get injured as well. So yeah, you get I, paid I, earlier if you do hit as a second rounder. So maybe that's the the benefit, but you get paid a lot less during that time. You know, like I threw out running backs just because they have such a short shelf life. You know, like last year's picks, Javante Williams only went a few picks after Najee Harris, but Najee Harris's rookie year, he had one of the most, you know, most touches in the league. The Steelers can control him for the next four, where Javante split time still will probably be a 75% touch guy. And if he's a star, it's not far until he's hitting free agency. He may get the, you know, that. Um, really elusive, nice second contract for a running back. My co-host from Locked On 49ers and the <laughs> co-host for Locked On NFL Draft checking in here. Did someone say Bill Bar Puffs? I know Croc loves him some Bill Bar Puffs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, he, he loves it. He's always snacking right before we go on the air. Ah. We're hardworking, hardworking man in podcasting. There. <laughs> like nine podcasts now. All right, let's talk Miami Dolphins. All right. Lucas says, let me make the case for the Miami Dolphins. The studs on D, Wilkins, Phillips, Holland, young, really good, young, talented players are only getting better in 2022. The O had the 32nd offensive line and the 32nd run game in 2021. He goes on to say they can't repeat that in 2022. Also consider the confidence tool will have in 2022 that he definitely did not have in 2021. I know he's limited, but what if he's the 15th best quarterback in the NFL? Is that even too much to ask for? Tua to be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, Matt. No, these are great points. I I mean, I love 
Phillips coming out of, of college, and I still do the defensive end. I think Holland is the next great young safety. They already have the corners. You mentioned Wilkins uh, drafted Tyndall. I know that was you know not a super high pick, but um, it's another infusion of youth that it's a spot that could use it. Baker's a good player, so I think the defense will be good. I, I mean, I, I think that's safe to say. Um, and I'm with you. The O-line has nowhere to go but up. I mean, unless Armstead misses a whole year and can't get on the field, it has to be at least below average, if not average. I mean, I, th- I think you're shooting for average with the O-line, as is the case probably with Tua at this stage of his career. I don't think the 15th best quarterback is asking too much, but I think every Dolphins fan should take that right now. You know, like... If I said two is the 15th best quarterback in the 2022 season, do I want that or door number two? You should all say yes. You know, like that would be phenomenal. And that might be asking a little much, but um, you'd be really competitive in a playoff team if he's 15th. And I think that the tier that you're in when you're the 15th best quarterback, that's a tier that that filters through a lot. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the tier of quarterbacks where some, you know, Derek Carr has been in that tier. Derek Carr then sometimes plays up a little higher. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been in that tier. Kirk Cousins has been in that tier. You can absolutely win with that tier of quarterback, right? Sure. It's not tier one. It's not even tier two, but tier three, which is between 12 and, uh, you know, 15 and 20, 25 even. So, you know, you've, you've got to be middle of the road quarterback, help your team win. And I think Tua can be that. And I've called Tua left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and, and he's still got to prove that he's going to be that. And, you know, he got a lot of flack because the – the Miami Dolphins social media team. And this is like the Dolphins GM or head coach putting stuff on Twitter, by the way, guys, it was just somebody who was filming it and said, here's a long pass that Tua completed to Tyree kill in practice. So let's throw this on the social media. And Tyree kill had to wait up for the ball. Look like he was right. catching the punt. And so Tua gets crushed. And I loved seeing this from Tyree kill standing up for his new teammate. He posted his own video on Twitter, which is, was cutups of a bunch of dimes that Tua was throwing in practice to him, you know, and some short and intermediate stuff. And, and that's where they're going to win is not so much the deep ball, but utilizing that speed, that run after the catch, uh, you know, uh, most certain hill as the newt says here, they've got a ton of speed. They should be a lot better, should be a lot better on the offensive line and yeah. continue to be better defensively with some of those young players. And like, we haven't even seen the best of guys like Phillips yet. He could take a huge leap this year. So there's, there are definite reasons to bet on the Miami dolphins in second place is up for grabs there in the AFC East. Yeah. And you know, like Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson, I mean, I'm not quite lumping them with Tua, but if they could be the 15th best quarterback, wow, that's, you know, all of a sudden those bad teams would get to mediocre, you know, where a mediocre team like the Dolphins could get from mediocre to competitor. Heck, if my Steelers had the 15th best quarterback production this year, they'd be hard to beat. You know what I mean? Like you, you can do damage with, you know, the, the, the Vikings, you mentioned cousins have been highly competitive with the 10th, the 15th best quarterback for years now. And, and, and you're right. The team speed is really exciting on Miami, especially at the skill position play, you know, guys, um, I will say, and this is kind of, you know, like the Chargers last year, rookie head coaches scare me a little more than they used to. Just from the the CEO, the game management, when to go for it on fourth, time management, calling timeout. So, I, I, frankly, I'd be a little more comfortable if it was still Flores there for this year. We've got some other good questions about the AFC East, so let's finish up that. Uh, Lucas also asked about – this and this is a huge question because we've already killed the the Patriots for what they've done team building wise. It's just you know Belichick yeah. GM has not done great things. They lose Josh McDaniels, who I think was you know 
was thought of as one of the better. That's part of why they were so well coached. They were well coached, not only defensively because of Belichick and he knows offense as well, but Josh McDaniels on offense. But the current situation with not really having an offensive coordinator in this day and age in the NFL, this seems less than ideal, Matt. When you see that roster, that's not very explosive. Uh, and Lucas says, BPM dub, weighing on this nonsense of the Pats, trying out a play caller between Judge and Patricia. What the heck is that? And Judge, I know he's a head coach. Very hey, recently, he was a special teams guy before that. So it wasn't like he came from right. being a, 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 an offensive play caller. So that. These I, are I mean, gurus. I cannot on buy, the I cannot buy Pats. I know. I, I, I am not. I'm selling it all. I mean, I, I make the joke, and again, it is a joke. You know, is is Belichick that my 80 year old grandma that we need to take her driver's license off? Or you know, like th- this is a little bit of crazy talk. Again, Judge and Patricia were former head coaches. They were massive failures, but they were former head coaches. You know, they can coordinate a side of the ball. I'm sure on paper, but neither one has a background. Patricia was an offensive lineman that did all his work on defense, and, and Judge was a special teams guy, as you mentioned. I'm sure Belichick's going to be involved heavily on that side of the ball, which makes me wonder, you know, is Steven Belichick going to have to deal with the defense more? And it's not, this would all be fine if it was TB12, but it's a second year quarterback too, with a lot of moving parts. I mean, I'm sure Bill will out scheme some teams this year and get the most out of what they have, but I'm selling Patriot stock left and fast. I can a special teams coordinator and a defensive coordinator calling plays on offense. That sounds like a recipe for running the ball a ton, yeah. playing the field position game, and you're not going to want to own a lot of fantasy players there, except for maybe some running backs. But we know in, in New, uh, New England, it's always a committee running back group as well. So I don't know if you're going to want to have any fantasy, um, really any fantasy stock on that offense. I think you're 100% right. Use a first-round pick on a guard, and you draft two running backs. <laughs> you know, After drafting one the year before and one the year before, uh, Ryan McDowell and I actually, we have a series going on Locked on Dynasty right now where we just pick one team and do a whole episode about it, like buy, so, sell, hold, you know, what's the state of the team. And he and I, I guess it comes out today, we recorded the Patriots last night. I think I'd rather talk about 31 other teams than the Patriots from a Dynasty perspective. You know, like, who do you want from that group? Even the tight ends that they gave big money were flops. And, you know, I mean, it was, I urge you guys to listen to the episode, but we got the short end of the stick, I think, of the hardest team in the league to talk about. Got another question here about the other team in the AFC East, the New York Jets, and how brutal their schedule is to start the season. Yeah. Got some Twitter questions as well. A question about Drew Brees. Is he making a comeback? We'll get to all of those next, but I want to let the folks out there know about rockauto.com. It is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low. For every customer, you know, do-it-yourselfers, professionals alike can go to rockauto.com, find just an immense inventory of parts for their car or truck. And it's really unbelievable what they have in stock at rockauto.com, which is impossible for your local chain store to replicate. They cannot carry all the parts that you need. They cannot carry all the parts that Rock Auto can't. Looking at, say, you need to buy a fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey. You're going to go to a chain store. It's going to cost you $353. Probably cost you even more from the car dealership. You go to rockauto.com, that same part, instead of $350 plus, only $216. So go to the family-owned business that is rockauto.com that helps do-it-yourselfers and professionals alike. Get those reliably low prices, and not just big parts. Like, I'm not going to slide underneath my vehicle and change the fuel pump, (laughs) but you know what I will do? 
is change the tail lamps. I can put in some new motor oil. I can put some new, you know, carpet or rugs in my vehicle, which they have at rockauto.com. And I can change the wiper blades. You can find all of that stuff at Rock auto go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com let's go back to my guy croc here who uh threw in a question about the jets and, and shout out to croc's jets he was in training camp with the jets i think all the way back in 2013 or something like that and uh he wants to look at the jets schedule i don't know if you guys can hear the the leaf blower outside my my door right now but uh <laughs> uh croc says looking at the new york jets first nine games would love to know how many wins you see on that span before they're by and i didn't really realize it you know we, we kind of looked at the the nfl schedule as a whole recently and didn't get into the nitty-gritty for a lot of teams and there's some interesting ones you know like you know uh, russell wilson going back to play the seahawks and, and games like that but i didn't think about how bad this jet schedule was because we talked about the Dolphins, how they could take a big step up here. And I think a lot of people after the draft and, you know, are kind of buying on the Jets. And if the Pats are going to be down, it's up for grabs there for maybe a playoff spot for maybe second place. And who knows, maybe even push the Buffalo Bills a little bit. But here's the schedule for those New York Jets. If you're hoping rough, this yeah. is the year they take a, a step. They start off with the Baltimore Ravens in week one. Then they go to Cleveland. Then they, and, you know, super quick. You hope that Deshaun Watson's not in that game. Yes, yeah, they are hoping. That's not, you want to play Cleveland early this year. Much rather see Jacoby Brissett there, and who yeah. knows, maybe it's Baker Mayfield. I have no like. I wouldn't want to really pay, play against angry Baker Mayfield because that could be a disaster, or he could actually play out of his mind too. So, right, right. healthy and angry Baker Mayfield might not be what you want. They to play run in. the AFC North in all four of their first games. That's weird. Yeah, so they start with, and that's a tough division. That's one right, of the top right. three divisions in the NFL. So you got Baltimore, division. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Then you've got in-division Miami. Then they go uh, on a road trip, which is rough, at Green Bay, at the altitude in Denver. Then they come back and play another division opponent in the New England Patriots, and then another division opponent in the Buffalo Bills, all in nine weeks before their Week 10 bye. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England, Buffalo. I mean, unfortunately for the Jets, there might only be one or two wins in there. Uh, 100% agree. A couple notes on that is... I often reference Warren Sharp's, um, you know, the degree of difficulty for schedules, which based off of Vegas win totals. Only the Chiefs have a harder schedule, just in terms of the teams they play, than the Jets. And I could absolutely see this being a year where the Jets' product on the field, the tape you watch post game, is better than their inevitable record. You know that they take two steps forward but the record only is two wins better or something like that. I mean, and then the year after that, you go, wow, where'd the Jets come from? You know, I mean, that that could be the path for this team. I also think, you know, as you reference here, the early schedule is brutal. I mean, you're playing the AFC North four games in a row, and that's a stable, strong, you know, division. And I would also bet that the end of the year is better for the Jets than the beginning of the year, not even who they play, just in terms of, gelling you know I mean, that's a lot of new parts on that team new offensive linemen young quarterback that it might take them a while till they start playing their best best football no matter who the, the opponent is I will say this though that one of the things I stress all the time this time of year and you guys will get sick of me telling you this is this is probably the best your team will ever look you know Boy, all these draft picks are great everyone no one's gonna get hurt this year you know oh they'll have this guy for a whole year they no, won't you know, I mean, guys coming back from injury are going to be better than ever. 
So that's also true when you look at the schedule and you look at the opponents. Like, I think every team, when the schedule comes out, goes, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Boy, Carolina's better than I thought. You know, the, the Ravens are going to be healthy. You know, like, bad, only bad things are going to happen to you and your opponent pretty much from now on. And I think with the quarterback situation in the NFL and how long some of these other quarterbacks are playing um, into their career, and will we have a comeback from another 40-plus-year-old quarterback? We'll get to that in a second. Um, it's an unprecedented amount of talent at quarterback in the league because it used to be right. that, oh, man, I, you know, half, half the league practically is in a really bad spot. But now, like, at least every team almost has a young guy who could take a step this year or a veteran who's still pretty darn good. Uh, so that makes every schedule, I think, start to look a little bit more difficult, fewer gimmies. But let's say the Jets do get through that okay. You don't even have to have a winning record in those first nine games. But they could, you know, Pittsburgh is might be starting either Trubisky or a rookie quarterback. So maybe right, they right, right, right. maybe they, they steal a win from Pittsburgh and Cleveland mm-hmm. that doesn't have Deshaun Watson. So there's a couple of wins. What can they can they beat Miami? Can they beat New England in the division? Let's say they win three or four games in that first nine. Well after the week 10 bye now you've got the Patriots, the Bears, the Vikings, one more time at Buffalo this time, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, my, Miami. Yeah. They could be still pretty close to 500 if they can win three or four in that and, and, and weather that early storm. And you wouldn't think it was a great start to the season if, you only, if you're below 500 in week 10 if you're the Jets. But that might be really good because they could finish with eight or nine wins still. Yeah, I, I do like their chances, especially early in the year to beat one, maybe two of those AFC North teams in their first five in the first four. And even their division, I mean, I bet they're two and four in the East, maybe three and three. You know, I think they can hang with Miami and New England without question. Um, they do play a last place schedule. So there's teams like the Jags on there, which is favorable. Um, and the NFC North, what are they two and two maybe against the NFC North when it's all said and done? I mean, I think they can definitely hang with Detroit and Chicago. They could beat a team like Minnesota and, you know, crazy things happen. They could easily, I mean, they'll probably upset somebody Cincinnati or the bills or the Packers or somebody. I mean, you don't just chalk these things up and, you know, go from there. So no, I, I expect the jets to do well, but their schedule on paper is tough. It is a rough one on paper, especially in that mm-hmm. first nine games before, yeah the buy uh you hope for, they're not calling for zach wilson's head at that point and you know how things can go you know peter on twitter wants to know about this uh this drew Brees story that kind of came out of nowhere drew Brees is not going to be back with nbc or he might be but he he tweeted and it was like wait is he talking about maybe being back in the nfl he said despite speculation from media about my future this fall i'm currently undecided I may work for NBC. I may play flag football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, <laughs> coach my kids, or all of the above. I'll let you know. Flag football or tackle football, Matt? And I saw a lot of people instantly say, oh, Drew Brees, making a comeback. Here we go. What do you think? Are you buying a Drew Brees potential comeback? And, and could his arm actually be in better shape than it was when he retired? Uh, maybe having mean, getting away could make some, you know, make it feel better until you start throwing that big, heavy football 100, 200 times a day or whatever it is. And day after day, and I'm sure you, if he would come back, he would be managed to no end in terms of his workload and all those things, you know, his mind would be as sharp as ever. 
Uh, it's interesting he, he mentioned pickleball because he was a great tennis player way back when, too. I'm sure he's pretty good on the pickleball court against the old timers. Um, I'm going to say no, but I'm sure it crosses all these guys' minds. And the Saints, even though they signed Landry, I mean, they have a little bit of cap space, which is amazing because the salary cap doesn't apply to them. Dave on Twitter wants to know, is this year further proof that rookie rankings are more reliable at the end of the season senior bowl than they are the day before the draft? And I think there is a moment of clarity and we saw it with the quarterbacks this year, right? Where, where was the moment that the snapshot of what the media thought was closest to what the teams thought. And that was when Kenny Pickett was QB one in the class, mm -hmm. which is some point post college season, but before the combine for sure. So it's, it's somewhere around senior bowl week. And I think a lot can change at senior bowl week, but I think it's somewhere around there. If you had to pick a snapshot and say, I'm going to base my mock draft on right now, it would probably be somewhere near the senior bowl. But then, you know, things do change. Like you wouldn't be talking about Trayvon Walker, number one overall at the senior bowl. Right. You've right. been talking about maybe Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. Right. I guess the only thing I'm going to add to that is it's very important in the process when the coaches get involved, you know, the Rams and Bengals coaches got involved later than the Jags coaches because they were coaching later in the season. But pretty much after their season ends, coaches get involved and coaches just have a much different perspective on incoming players than scouts do or GMs or front office people or cap guys because they're going to have their hands on these guys. And, you know, they, they think about winning on game day, you know. Why would I draft a running back? Because my running backs are terrible and I can't run half of my playbook with the guys I have. Or why would I draft an every down linebacker? Because these slow guys I'm running with uh, are just limit my coverages to no end and the Drew Brees and Brady's of the world know it and pick me apart. So I know it's not a value position, but I need these guys in order to do what I want to do on the field week to week. So I do think that's a big thing in the quote draft process that people need to recognize is. Once the coaches start to get involved, a lot of perspectives on players change, even in, in the organizations. And I will say the combine really affects the public, I think, and the media. But right, right, right. These scouts have followed these prospects since high school. Like there was already, we are like they already knew that Aiden Hutchinson was going to have short arms before he measured up at the right. combine. <laughs> Good you point. Know? Teddy's got small hands. Yeah, right. right. right, right, so right you right. already know who the freaks are going to be kind of before the combine even happens. And maybe some surprise you and you go back to the film. But yeah, I would say somewhere in January, take a little snapshot and you have a, a better idea. Even someone like uh, Jermaine Johnson. Remember Jermaine Johnson was like, oh, is this a maybe a day two pick? You know, had a really nice season, transferred from Georgia to yeah. Florida State. Could he get um, in the first round? You know, right? Yeah, right. Could he right. Sneak into the first round gets a uh, has a huge week at the Senior Bowl, and then right after the Senior Bowl, it's like, okay, we're going to mock him in the twenties end of first round, mm -hmm. which is where he ended up going. But then that sort of train kept rolling and rolling and rolling. We're talking, oh man, are the the Jets love him? Are they going to draft him at four? I've seen, I saw him at four, and so right. and he didn't get any month. better in that month. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say maybe Senior Bowl week-ish, a little after Senior Bowl week is a, is a good time. And, you know, things obviously change. But Last um, note on that, too, is by no means am I diminishing the Todds and Mel's and all the draft Knicks and draft Twitter and all that. But around that time is when information starts to leak, too. You know, right or wrong. You know, that if you're standing shoulder to shoulder at a pro day, I'm just throwing Todd McShay out there because I consider him a friend. He's good. You know, he's sitting there with three scouts. You know, then we didn't have this during the COVID stuff. You know, like everybody's in Indy. 
everybody's at the senior bowl. People talk, there's friends, you have a couple beers, you know, I mean, so uh, information leaks, you know. I would say some lubrication on that too, when you're in uh, Indy and you get some scouts who maybe their voice isn't even heard that loud in their own organization and, mm-hmm. and, are, and are have a couple drinks in them, you have a steak with somebody or an old friend, you might talk a little bit more than you would and maybe even tell some secrets that you maybe you shouldn't be telling. And, and maybe they'd like a little more say in who the people gets picked. Yeah. As opposed, you know what I mean? Right. That's not an easy Sometimes, job. GMs won't even tell their own people. Like there's right, two right. people in the organization that know who you're actually going to take. And it's yeah. crazy. You'd be a high up scout, not even know who your team is going to take the week before the draft. And some of those guys are just information gatherers that, you know, strive to be more. And if a quality ear will listen to what they have to say, they may let it out that, you know, wow, you know, we're really wrong on this receiver or this guy's a much better player than people realize. Trust me. I've watched every snap he's ever taken. And the, the my last point on that is also the media hype that can be a frenzy leading up to the draft after all the workouts are pretty much done and boards are pretty much set. Don't you think that by going and, and eating wings with Malik Willis, right? The Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers were just laughing, just sitting back going, dude, we've got a third round grade on Malik Willis. Everyone's going to mock him to pick 20 so we can sit back and it's much less likely a team's going to try to go up and get Kenny Pickett because the people don't think we're going to take Kenny Pickett. The year before it was my 49ers that everyone was like, oh, Schefter was looking straight into the TV and saying the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. And mm-hmm. the 49ers, right, right. Just, this is great because we don't even have to lie about it. Or maybe we <laughs> did send a lie out there early in the process, but you know, the, the media circus is happening and they're lying for us. So we can just sit back and make everyone, you know, not have to do anything. And everyone thinks we're going to draft a guy that we're not actually going to draft. So that that's the other thing that happens there too. So there's Absolutely. definitely a lot of lies involved and then you can tell the truth and nobody knows what the truth is because there's so many lies out there. And then agents pump up their guys and people think that's truth. I mean, so much of this stuff comes from agents too. And it's like, man, you know, all the draft Knicks have bumped this guy from third rounder to a first because people are telling them they're going to go in the first round. And then they go in the third because the agent wanted the kid to get hype, you know, but he's a third round player. We got to get out of here, Matt, but I do want to go to this question from Rick. He says, which team has been the most overrated this offseason? I, I think back to those old Washington teams that always won the offseason and yeah. always underperformed during the regular season. Um, it's very rare that the team that wins the offseason really is that good. So you have to right. go to like probably the Chargers. They weren't a playoff team last year. Are we overrating how good they're going to be now? Uh, the Denver Broncos, they got their quarterback. I think that's pretty important. I would buy on both those teams, but they've got a pretty tough schedule and, and some tough opponents on their schedule. Are we overrating? I th- I, we talked about the Jets earlier with that draft and having all those first round picks. That would probably be one of the teams that might be a little overrated when you look at their schedules. Like, man, this team's going to have to fight just to get to 500. Those are the three teams that came to mind along with the Eagles. You know, like, boy, they got A.J. Brown and they got these first-round picks and Jordan Davis, and I adore their offseason. But does that – and maybe even Miami's in that conversation, how we started this. You know, that is if if the quarterback holds you back, Zach Wilson, to uh, Hurts, or is, you know, Wilson enough in Denver that, yeah, he's way better than what you had, but – I don't know that Russell Wilson's a top five quarterback anymore either. I mean, I think Russell Wilson might be a smidge overrated. Could he be my quarterback? Absolutely. I think he's a Hall of Famer and a great player, but I don't know that he's an elite player right now. And maybe that addition isn't quite as strong as it you know, turns out to be. 
And then, so on the other side of things, who are the teams that are being underrated? Well, probably the Pats, because we're crushing them, and they've got the greatest coach of all time, right? And they're going to go win 10 games and be in the playoffs, even though we don't like the roster. We don't even know who their offensive coordinator is going to be, you know? So it's sort of that thing. Probably the Chiefs and the Packers and maybe the Steelers. and You know, the teams that win double-digit games all the time are probably being underrated because they know what they're doing. Yep, absolutely. Off-season splash does not mean regular season success. Uh, speed of the offseason, we'll continue to do these offseason lives every Tuesday. We'll hit some Twitter questions, but we love talking with you in the live chat as well. So make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NFL channel, our home here on YouTube for the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Appreciate everybody for jumping in on the live chat and listen to us, listening to us uh, wherever it is, in your car, during a workout, you know, on the audio-only podcasts as well. and. Matt and I will be back with you tomorrow. Oh, we've got some guests coming up this week. We're going to talk Cleveland Browns. Let's find yeah, out yeah. what's going on with those brownies and uh, an interesting team this offseason. And, and there's still some things to be decided there in Cleveland, especially at quarterback. We might be getting close to a decision being made about Deshaun Watson's future. What's happening with Baker Mayfield? So we'll talk with Jeff Lloyd, the host of Locked On Browns on Thursday's show. We're fishing up our draft grades with the AFC West, the final division there on Wednesday. And then Friday, Matt Williamson's Dynasty Rookie Ranking. So it's going to be a fun finish to this week. We will talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.